Hi, my name is Peter Huguenin with the of the Council Bluffs Nonpareil. I'm with Nick Carinanti. This is Dunkin' Donuts, a Boise State basketball podcast, and Ooh, we are yeah. not in a good mood. Uh, we said it. We said it on the preview that there was a very high percentage that we would just be miserable complaining after this game. And what do you know? We were right. This is worse than I like. I thought that like because me and you are pessimistic sports fans. It, this was. I, I texted you, and this is a little hyperbolic, but I can't think of a worse game. But I said this is the worst Boise State basketball game I've ever seen. I texted that at the time, just meaning like this wasn't an enjoyable game to watch as a basketball fan. Also, just one of the worst performances I've seen Boise State had. Now, I'm sure there's been worse, and I'm sure this is recency bias, but off the top of my head, I can't think of a worse basketball performance. No, look, let's be clear. I could name a dozen worst losses, worst games, worst performances in the last decade. However, what made this one so bad is not the loss, nor is it the opponent, because... This is a pretty good UC Irvine team that may win the Big West, and I'm sure they'll have a pretty good RBI at the end of the year that will like, this won't look like a terrible loss. Why this feels like a terrible loss is because it validates every single concern that we had about Boise State basketball this year and takes away any confidence we had that we would be able to, to put it together. And look, it's early, and things take time. The loss of Derek Alston, which we talked about in our season preview of who would step up, has never felt more apparent than today. And the lack of shooting coupled with the lack of whatever you want to say, offensive efficiency coupled with just the the clear-cut lack of playmakers of a guy that can go and get a bucket is the reason we lost this game. The offense was absolutely abysmal. It's, again, a good defensive team in, in Irvine, but they're not the best defense we're going to play all year. They're not the best team we're going to play all year. You watch this game and you think, are we going to score 30 against San Diego State? That's why this hurts. Exactly. And I, I want to go over a few key stats that I think illustrate all the points you just talked about. 3 of 22 from behind the arc for us. And our bench was outscored twenty-two to two. They didn't. They mentioned the shooting on air. I don't think they mentioned the. We got two points from our bench all game. Najee Smith uh, went one of four and made one basket, and we gave up twenty-two points to their bench unit. And I will say, slightly distorted on their side because of that twenty-two points, nine came from DJ Davis who was a starter in their first game of their season. He came off the bench today, but he he is a, a starter basically for them. And he was a huge contributor and made some big shots. But that that was a big part of their bench unit. However, we had nobody on our bench unit, so it doesn't matter who they were. I actually like Najee Smith. I thought he brought something nice to the table, had some good rebounds, got some good looks. Nobody was hitting anything. Max Rice looked borderline unplayable. Well, you, you mentioned good looks. Uh, I feel we had very few good looks. And that credit UC Irvine on their defense, we did not put ourselves in situations to score. 
are. Well, I think we also took a lot of baited threes. We we played into the game plan. We forced shots that they they wanted us to take, and we hit nothing. And that's just the nature of, of how it goes. Sometimes you know, it's a make or miss league out there. Some some days we would have hit some of these tougher shots. We hit none of them, and we kept taking them. And I want to add, you said three of twenty-two from from behind the arc, thirty-two percent from the field. Yeah, sixty-four percent from the line. But the nineteen of fifty-nine field all field goals. We just couldn't get anything, and that's where our lack of of creation or our lack of playmaking, like we couldn't get an easy shot all game. Yeah, it's. And if you just watched in the second half, our our shots were contested, jumpers, we would get it into the paint and try to force it against a double or triple team, or we would take a three and we weren't hitting those all night, and a lot of the three-pointers we were taking were contested as well. And, and credit to UC Irvine on that. They We said in the preview that they have a good defense, and that proved to be true. But it it still feels inexcusable to score 50 points against UC Irvine. Credit to our defense. I don't want to be completely 100% negative. We held UC Irvine to 58 points. If you would have told me before the game that we hold them to 58 points, I would have felt great. I don't know. I, I It just was rough the whole game, and there was there a... a couple, there were a couple moments where you felt okay, right? The... The N1 that was overturned and, and became an offensive foul. And we we took the lead back a couple possessions later. You were like, oh, maybe this 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 could be it. We could but our lack of offense just made it impossible to have anything sus- anything sustained tonight. It just wasn't there. And there was a point in the second half with about I wanna say like seven minutes left that they went up by four points. And the way our offense was playing, that four-point lead felt like a ten-point lead to me. Like, as soon as they went up two possessions, I just, I don't know if you felt the same way. I was just like, this isn't... And and from there, it went to, like, seven points, and next thing you knew, we were down ten. And I... I, I'm looking through my text with my father, and at some point, I think it was exactly what you saying. He said, big possession slipping away. After it went to a four-point lead. And, like, the fact that it felt like it was slipping away is ridiculous. The fact that it actually slipped away is hilarious. Like, I don't even have anything to say about that. Uh, Let's look individually at some of these players. Leading scorer was Shaver Jr. coming back into the lineup. First game of the season for him. Had 14 points on 5 of 12 shooting, 0 of 3 from the outside. Got uh, Went 4 of 4 from the line. Had two rebounds, zero assists, two steals. His 14 points was a highly inefficient 14 points, but we put him in a situation where he had to just basically do everything I felt like at points. I don't want to fault him. I don't want to praise him for his performance. Again, going back to this conversation I was having with my, my father, at some point he said, I like Shaver's game. He needs this team needs him to score. And I was like, I don't know that he can, and ultimately he couldn't. Now, a lot of his baskets came late in the game. There was, you know, him just trying to create something. He had the the make off the rebound late, 
he scored better than he was the guy that you wanted the ball in his hands. And again, it was not good offense at that point in the second half where it was just Marcus Shaver isos and, and just trying to create. He he more than anyone else could do it. So give him some credit. He was not able to do it to a point where we could make it a sustainable offense. And that's where the difference is from the the similar kind of offense we ran with, with DA last year, if you look back at the years to Chandler Hutchison, that we had this, this sort of like multi-guy offense that was – our offense hasn't really been efficient in a while, but we had one guy that, that could take the ball and go. Yeah, and that's what we said. That was one of our concerns beforehand, going back to all our concerns being validated. The concerns were don't have the guy and we can't shoot. Both validated a lot. Another stat that I just saw that jumped out to me Five assists on 19 field goals. Yeah, I mean, that's where I think both of us in our preseason predictions were looking for guys that would be our primary playmakers, our, our creators for others. Um, you said Shaver in that, under that, guys. I said ACOT. It's clear that it, we don't have it. Yeah. Um, ACOT did have three of our, our five assists there. And I, I like Akot as a, a playmaking wing. I, I like his game. We're, we're not running the offense through him. There's there's no offense to be ran right now in a way that's creating open looks. This is a, everything that we did tonight was so hard and gives some credit to their defense, but a lot of that just goes to our offense's inability to create looks. And the players that we have are not the most efficient players. Um, Akot... Dutree, Kijab in particular, are guys that are a little bit ISO mid-range type creation, self-creation players. That's not the easiest guy to work into an offense, right? Absolutely. The lack of shooting creates, takes away the spacing that, again, we've had for for most of the Leon Rice era has been known. I mean, he was pretty early on, on these side of, you know, four out rosters running a guy like Jeff Aloriaga, who was a three, and I'm talking about a decade ago now, but running him, who was 6'3", basically as a de facto power forward, because Leon Rice didn't believe in in positions, and he was early on that trend, and I loved it then, and I loved it with you know guys like Nick Duncan. It was with a lot of shooting that you can create openings for your, your playmakers, for your Derek Marks, for your Chandler Hutchison. That opens up the game when you have guys like Justinian Jessup who cannot be left open. You don't have guys that cannot be left open. You can leave our whole team open. And we have nobody that can create in isolation. We have nobody that can create for others. And it really is highly concerning when you think about, again, the teams that we want to play when we play more athletic, longer teams. That's our strength right now. Our defense looks good because we have guys that work hard and are good athletes. When we play teams that are better athletes than us, I don't know how we're going to score anything. So, do you think what can we do to fix our offensive problems? What I mean is, is this something that we can install some sets, maybe slow it down? Does Rice have to maybe change his game plan a little bit and switch? Slowing it down is a is a hard thing to say. We need to do when. 
this is maybe the most athletic team we've ever had. This team is long and athletic. But even our transition just looked out of sync. I, I, it was weird. Everything that this team... Because of the type of, there was one possession in particular that was off a long rebound that resulted in like a Abu Kijab 12-footer, and it went in. And I was like, oh, is that what we want? Just like a, a pull-up transition mid-range keeper. But I think that's what this roster has. This roster has a lot of limitations, and I don't want to make this a fire, fire Leon Rice game. Again, this is not the worst loss we're going to have. This is not the worst loss we have had. This is a team with middling expectations in general. But it is a concern with the, the current roster construction and, and the constraints of this team offensively. I don't know if Leon Rice is a good enough coach to, to be able to, to overcome some of these offensive limitations. Yeah, and and that's the thing is, I I just feel like there's not a solution that we have right now. It might just be a long season, and our wins might be ugly. Uh, uh, I don't know. It is just one of those games that literally, if I'm trying to be positive, pick out the positives. Our defense looks good. Our defense looks good. Marcus Shaver for his first game looked fine. I texted you in the first half that it does feel like this team is going to be a team where there's not necessarily one guy. But instead, oh, this is a Kijath game. This is an ACOT game. This is a Dutrieve game. This is a Shaver game. That could be a good thing. Tonight was really nobody. Shaver in the second half a little bit. I, I do think there will be games where, like, oh, Dutrieve's got 25, and we just beat somebody actually good because he gets hot, and our offense at this point is little more than just hoping somebody gets hot. Talking about getting hot, we've seen Boise State teams in the past that live or die by the three, where if it's a cold game, it's miserable, and it's just the worst thing ever to watch. But then they'll get hot one game and be able to beat almost anyone. Does that... Is that the case this year, or does this team have the ability to get hot, you think? Not that they don't have the ability to get hot. We've seen all of these guys individually. I don't, if you say take over a game might be a little much, but we've all seen them be able to, to run the offense. One of the issues we had last year was the offense not going through Derek Austin in the way that we expected it to be because these guys would – it would be a game where it's just a lot of Dutri and, and whatever. They can get hot just as anyone can. They, We have talented offensive players. It's not the same as the previous team because this team doesn't have outside shooting. I, I don't see any of these guys being consistent enough three-point shooters. And maybe that's where your bench unit comes into play. If Najee Smith is like a legit stretch four if, if Max Rice is what he's supposed to be off the bench. Kuzmanovic, Dagenhart, Milner, if any of them can give you some, some type of production, more than two points. Well, the production, but I'm, I'm saying even specifically the shooting. Yeah. I mean, our bench went and combined, what is that, four, five, six, 
one from nine from the field. That's they're just not. That's hard, and, and that's where you can say that's on Leon. Is these are this is his roster, but if if we only have a five man roster, that gives you very little flexibility in basically anything. Yeah. Maybe there are some roster things that you could do with, with I don't know, let's say put Dutri with the bench unit where he can be a more clear-cut guy with with the second team. But if we don't have a second team that can create anything, like I, I don't know how that really is effective. Doesn't get any easier. We have St. Bonaventure next. Now I will say, we talked about the Ryan's defense. You had Austin Johnson with five blocks, just absolutely terrorizing us in the paint. Maybe that is says more about how bad we were offensively, but also it's a little bit of a matchup problem with that sort of rim protection. For uh, because a lot of our guys, our offense is based off of athleticism, and it is based off these. These guys, Nutri, even Heka, and Kijab, getting into the paint and creating there. And we just couldn't do anything about AJ, as the as the commentary loved to call him. Yeah. I guess if, that, if you're trying to be optimistic about this game, you're trying not to burn the whole season down. That That's what you're saying, right, is this is a Styles makes matchups. This was just a really bad stylistic matchup for Boise State. We don't need to, don't hit the panic button yet. We're still a young team that's, or not young team, but we're still early in the season that we have time to fix some of these issues, and it was just a bad stylistic matchup. Is that what an optimistic fan that isn't us would say? Yeah, I think that's what you'd have to say. Two games into the season, it's significantly too early to to throw in the towel. Now, again, we've said it and we'll continue to say it, but the this game is so much worse than just a bad loss because of all of the signs that it gives us. But it, it doesn't mean the season is over necessarily. It's just now that much harder that for this team to prove. We already had the questions, and now we got negative answers. They're going to have to do so much more to, to prove to not just us but the whole fan base. I mean, Twitter was extremely negative today. I, I've seen some people that are, are big-time Leon defenders, which you and I are not, really bringing it to them in regards to – the, the offense and it could be that kind of year we don't we're gonna have to prove otherwise and St. Bonaventure's game is a, a really good start because you can't feel good going into it no that's going that could be really ugly I'm really curious to see what Leon Rice says after this game I'm curious to see what he's asked first of all and I'm curious to see what he says uh, so there's some quotes up already the ball has to go through the basket some to win a game like that. It seemed like we had a lot of good looks. I disagree with that. I guess 
another thing I wanted to touch on quickly, Colin Welp, who we were worried about coming in, finished oh. with 11 points, uh, ineffective 11 points, 3 of 11, but he also had 7 rebounds and 6 assists. You're talking about his name being Velp? Velp? Did we pronounce, have we been pronouncing it wrong? Yes. Velp. Well, I'm not a linguist. Anything else from this game really st uh, stand out to you? Good to get Marcus Shaver back? I mean, there's nothing... There's not much to say because it's all the same thing, and we said it on the preview. This game is something that could come back against us if we're on the bubble. However, after this game, I don't feel like we have a shot in hell at being on the bubble. No, I don't either. I feel like it's going to be Mountain West Tournament or bust, and I don't, and I think it's going to be bust. We we thought going into the year that, you know, the tournament was a long shot. I mean, I think we could be on the bubble, the NIT bubble. Yeah, I mean, the CBI looks good at this point. Like, we're start doing some bracketology soon. I'm down to become a CBI bracketology podcast, Nick. Somebody's got to do it. Any shout-outs? How, how'd the managers do? Um, no shout-outs for a single person related to this team. I'm going to give two shout-outs. One is Murray State. Murray State beat Bellarmine by 20. Kevin Brown had 30 tonight. He was leading the nation in scoring after one game. Big boy, uh, big Murray State fan. Good for the racers. We may have to pivot to becoming a, a Murray State podcast here pretty soon. Yeah, just all around depressed. Um, so my second shout out is something. I think I saw BJ Rain's tweet with going back and forth with Ryan Watkins about the best blocks in Boise State history. Um, but it's something somebody said in this conversation, so I'll, I'll give credit to, again, I think BJ Reigns, about number two needing to be retired. It's absolutely true. Derek Marks has an eternal shout-out on this pod. I'm not going to say it every week because there's not a day goes by where I wouldn't want to shout-out Derek Marks, the, the greatest Boise State basketball player of all time. To me, and I was not here during the, the Kellen Moore era, but the greatest Boise State athlete I have I have seen. He did. He had just had some of the greatest individual performances in the history of this this school, and his jersey deserves to be retired. I agree one hundred percent. Some other Mountain West games of note today on Saturday: Air Force beat Tulsa by one point. Colorado beat New Mexico 87-76, to and UNLV upset Cal 55-52, to if that's even an upset. Did you listen to commentary tonight? Yeah. It was interesting listening to like a UCI Homer broadcast. They really referred to like us being like a Pac-12 team a lot, like we, we do start three Pac-12 transfers. But that was brought up quite a few times on this broadcast. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, I caught that. So, hot take. I've 
never really understood. And don't get me wrong, I love our transfers. But if you transfer from a power five school or power whatever it is in basketball to a mid-major, that means you weren't good enough to play at that power conference. Not exclusively, because there are outstanding circumstances. Could be a personal issue or something with the coach or, or whatever. But then you would have gone to another power conference school. Most of the time, you're right. Yes. I just so we have three players that were Pac-12 level in high school are thought to be, and are probably closer to Mountain West level. Yeah, I mean it is interesting because you have the the three transfers of. Of Dutrieve, Kijab, and Acot, respectively, from Arizona and Oregon, and then Shaver from Portland. Really, not, none of this team. Wait, and Armus transferred too, didn't he? I believe so. I, I yeah. want. Sorry, I, that completely escaped my mind that Armus transferred from um, East Tennessee State. We started five transfers. Leon didn't recruit any of these guys. I mean, he recruited them, but... Not out of high school. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, we hit the transfer portal really hard. And, I mean, if that's going to be the new Leon Rice thing, like, it's a strategy that's paid off for some schools. I just don't love it. Feels like you're trying to hit the lottery every two years. Also, Gonzaga up... By 20 at halftime on Texas. Yeah, they hit a half-court shot at the buzzer at the halftime. I, I don't want to talk about it. All right, we won't, we won't talk about Gonzaga winning the national championship this year. I mean, it's clearly going to happen. Clearly. I mean, it just feels like, I mean, they've lost it so many times now that, like, this is, like, the one that they finally get. And it's, like, you're going to get an iconic, like, Chet Holgrim, like, blocking someone and then, like, going down the court for a dunk and flexing on the crowd, and it's going to be, like, an iconic moment that gets played forever. Yeah. Boise State football, is this their second win on the blue turf this year? Good for them. Bad time. I'm just so... I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, Nick. That's really what it comes down to. We're dragging this on longer than it needs to be. But... Yeah. I just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. This is mainly for us to there vent. Is no, there is no light. There is no hope. Nothing but despair in Boise State basketball. Remember that, kids. And uh, I'm going to wrap it up. Anything else that you want to add? No, we can cut out the whole Gonzaga bit. Some two minutes we didn't need in the pod. Now we're keeping it. Anyways, thanks for listening. Check back with us later for a preview on the St. Bonaventure game. Have a better night than we are.